writers, welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. And today we are going to talk about slow writing. Um, We get this question all of the time. We get it on Instagram. We get it from our clients. We get it in Tenacious Writing. We actually had a whole conversation about it in our Tenacious Writing community recently where people ask, you know, how can I write faster and am I writing too slow or some version of that question of I'm, I'm not going fast enough. Is that bad? And how do I go faster? Yeah, it's common. Um, I think the best place to start talking about this is by asking why do we feel the need to write fast? Like, why is that a thing? What does fast mean? Where do these expectations come from? Um, And over the past year, I personally have been doing a lot of self-exploration about what I feel are society's expectations for productivity, aka hustle culture. What do we believe about our work and the amount of work that we do in relation to the value that we hold for ourselves? Yeah. So when I think of this question, why do I feel the need to write fast? It's essentially because society tells me that I must, that I must produce or else. If I'm not producing enough, if I'm not producing fast enough, if I'm not making money, then I am somehow lazy, less than, not on top of my game. You know, all of these negative criticisms about you come into play if you're not doing something, quote, fast enough, end yeah. quote. I think it's yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I think it is bullshit. It's totally <laughs> bullshit. Um, and I think it comes both from like – because because that exists, that hustle mindset exists, mm-hmm. as we all know. Um, in every aspect of life, it exists mm-hmm. in, in work culture, in education culture, in parenting culture, in mm-hmm. just everything. Um, but I think in the writing world, it's taught to us through stories because it's it's taught through us through the stories that we choose to celebrate. Yeah. Um, because the number of times that I hear, well, it feels like everyone is writing their book in three months. Yeah. Three months. For some reason, that's like the thing. <laughs> the ideal. Everyone says. Like the number of times I've heard that. Um, well, this person's writing it in three months. Everybody's writing it in three months. And it's taken me <laughs> 10 years. So obviously I'm defective. Um, oh, and, and it's like mind boggling to me. But that comes across. There's so few writers who finish yeah. a book in three months. Um, so few. There are people who do that. There are people who write a book a month. But they are few and far between. Yeah. But those stories get told to us and then it can feel like everybody else is going, is like doing that while we're sitting on a book we've been working on for five years. Right. It's a constant comparison. And, you know, as you're saying that, I'm like thinking, how did that become a thing? Because I've heard that too. And I've also had that expectation. And you know what? I, this is maybe where I internalize that message. Um, I think we're told we have to write a certain amount of words a day. If you write mm. a thousand words a day in 90 days, that is a book. That is 90,000 yeah. words. So if you hold this expectation that you have to write a certain word count every single day, and it would result in basic math, a book, a draft. That's another thing. A draft and yeah. a finished book are like two different, two very, very different things. Very different things. But that equals like basic math lines out. That's three months, right? Yeah. And that's so unrealistic. It's unrealistic, but it's also again, 
you can hear the hustle language yeah. in that because it's factory output, right? That's uh -huh. where hustle culture comes from is this idea that like human beings can work like factories mm -hmm. and you know, you pump out a thousand words, you have a book, but like, do you? <laughs> right. Exactly. Do you? I think that's a good question. Do you For you some writers. <laughs> I also think, I think we'll talk more about this. Yeah. But I also want to say if that's your norm, like if you are one of the writers that is able to write very, very quickly and produce and, and publish you know, three books a year, whatever it is, that's fantastic. I think that that's awesome. I also think that that's not quote unquote, the norm or what we should be striving for in general. Yeah. Um, if that is what you do, it's healthy for you. It's working for you. It's your business. Great. But if you're asking this question of how do I write faster because you're trying to achieve that, I think that's where we need to pause and say, why are you trying to yeah. achieve that? Is that healthy for you? Is that normal for you? Is that what works for you? And most of the time, the answer is going to be no, it's not. You're trying and that's what it comes down to. Is it working for you? Because yeah. if it is, right, for those folks who do write a book a month or a book every three months and they have their cadence, right, that is what works for them. But just because that's what works for them doesn't mean that that's what we mm -hmm. should be striving to match. Yeah. We have to look inward and ask ourselves, like, what is going to work for us? Yeah. So we also think that, like, this is wanting to write faster is not a bad thing. I think that I think it comes from these expectations. But as we were talking about earlier, Emily, I think it also comes from, and you mentioned this, this desire to have our mm -hmm. words out in the world, this story that we love yeah. and have people hold it. Yeah. I mean, if anybody has ever had that experience of like you're standing in the bookstore and you're like, I want to see my book on the shelf and you just have that like visceral yeah. need and desire to like have your words out affecting people. That's like very real and very mm -hmm. normal and very okay because that's your vision. That's your dream, right? You want to share your book and your words and your ideas with the world and books take a really long time to write oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And that is just a longing that you're going to have until it's right until it's out there. And that's totally fine. But I think it comes down to when you're putting pressure on yourself to write faster, where is it coming from? Mm -hmm. Like that question is so important because it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Um, and if it's coming from that place and it's that place is full of excitement and exhilaration and desire, right. Then you can recognize, okay, I'm going to get there, right. Yeah. I'm on the path. I'm going to get there that's a healthy place to be coming from. But if it's mm -hmm. coming from a place of, oh my gosh, I, my friend just finished a book in three months. I'm so behind. Mm -hmm. That's a very different situation. <laughs> it is. So what about slow writing? I mean, do we, how do you write slow? What does that even mean? Can you share yeah. with us a little bit about that? Yeah. I think it can mean a bunch of different things, but ultimately we want to figure out the pace that's going to work for us, the pace that is sustainable, the pace that is um, that is healthy. I know that you went through a lot of this when you became a mom mm -hmm. um, at figuring out what that pace looked like for you. Yeah. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, I would love to actually. I And I, I thank you for asking because I had not even thought about that when we started this conversation. When I first started writing or when – before I became a mom um, – I was the thousand word everyday writer, mm -hmm. um, but I would have just go through these periods of, of burnout. 
So I felt like I was very, I had very high producing word count values, but I was not sustainable and I was not consistent. And when I had my baby, it, it all just went out the window. Like at, at the same time, I was, it was still not sustainable and consistent, but I couldn't, I could barely even get to the page at all. And yeah. then it, like guilt and shame and all those narratives started to compound and it just became even more difficult. And mentally, like those first, I mean, my daughter's two and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, that first couple months, that first year, those first two years, there is a mental strain that I that it's not just like you're tired physically. Like for me, there's a mental load of, okay, now I have to make meals, three mm-hmm. meals a day and two snacks. And like I, my brain's always moving about that. So where I'm getting with this is like, it became so much harder to get to the page and I was able to do so much less mm-hmm. that I felt like my writing life just was in complete shambles. And then I started to sit with – um why have I felt so much shame about not being able to show up? And why have I felt so terrible about not producing and not meeting the past goals that I had set for myself? Like, why do I feel so bad that I can't, no, I can no longer write a thousand words a day consistently? Um, and through that work, I started to understand like so much of those narratives were coming from the expectations put on me by society, like we were talking about earlier, to just produce. Yeah. So then I decided to reframe my writing mindset and be like, I am no longer on a timeline. I am on my own timeline. I I try very difficult or I try very hard not to compare myself to other people's timelines because no one has my brain besides me. No one has my body besides me. No one has my daughter besides me and my mm-hmm. husband. But I mean like my life <laughs> yes. my life is like so uniquely different that it's impossible now for me to try to compare myself without getting into the spiraling tunnel of self-shame. And yeah. I don't I don't need that. I don't want to go there. That's not healthy. So what I did instead was take this very conscious effort of I'm going to meet my brain and my body where they are no matter what. If that is writing one day a month, that's what I'm going to do and I'm going to be happy about it. Yeah. So I switched the mindset from hustle to write a thousand words a day just because I felt like that was necessary to I'm going to write when my brain and my body feel good about it. Yeah. And now that I've done that, my brain and my body feel very good about it more often than not. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing about shame. I know we were going to talk about this later, but I'm going to bring it up. We talk about shame a lot because shame has so much power over our momentum. When we are shaming ourselves for not showing up, we are draining our energy and Mm -hmm. we are less likely to show up. Yes. I think that's like the, and it feels backwards because you're like, if I shame myself hard enough, I'm going to show up because I don't want to shame myself anymore. But it's actually, it's so paralyzing. It's so intensely paralyzing. Um, And I've talked about this before, but like I used to have a thing about like, I'm lazy. So I have to shame myself into working. And that made it hard to show up to the page because I wasn't showing up with a good mindset. I wasn't showing up with like self-love for myself or the story. It was just like that hustle expectation of like, this is what you have to do if you're going to be a good person. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, if you're going to be yeah. a good person, I think that that like snip that for a second because <laughs> that, that's like what all of this kind of comes down to is like you've attached your worth to how much you can do. Yeah. And that varies at any point in the day, let alone in your in your month or in your year. And we all go through those ups and downs. And that's not what 
that's not what writing is about. You don't write to give yourself the label of good person. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Right. Like I think that that's the unhealthy mindset of how do I write faster? Well, if I write faster, then therefore I'll publish more. Then therefore I'll be more accomplished. Then therefore I'll be a good person. It's like, nope. That is – that's shame. You just said it. That's it right there. That mindset. And that's why I think it's so important to examine that question. Where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. Because if it's coming anywhere in any way from shame – you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. You're probably slowing yourself down. And obviously, right, being faster is not the goal here. But I do, I think it's really important to note that like when we are beating ourselves up, we are so much less likely to show up. Yep. And um, and if we do manage to make ourselves show up, it's not in a healthy way and it's going to be damaging mm-hmm. in the long run and we're going to burn out. Um, and so the number one thing is to examine for you where is that coming from? Is it a fear of laziness? Is it a, you know, did your whole life just blow up in some massive way? And now you have to rearrange everything, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the things we're going to talk about this book later. But in the book, The Art of Slow Writing by Luis DeSalvo, she talks about, I can't remember who the author was, um, but she wrote her first book, I think in a year, um, a year and a half from like start of idea to like completed you know, mm-hmm. getting published. And then her second book, because she had a child, took eight years. Yeah. And that's so fine and normal and okay. Yep. And we have to normalize the fact that like big life things happen and they're going to change the way that we write. And there's, that doesn't mean that her first book or her first experience was more important or mm-hmm. better or made her a better person than her eight years. It's not like she failed by then taking right. eight years to write her second book. She still wrote it. She still published a book, right? Like, we put so much value on time and how much we have to produce in a specific amount of time. And it's really, it's damaging, not just to us, but I think also to our stories. Yes. Uh, I I very much agree. I think that if I had throughout this learning journey for me, um, the amount, I, I almost started to resent my story and mm. And I started and stopped a couple ideas because I just felt like I I put so much pressure on the idea itself that I was feeling so disconnected from the characters because I wasn't writing that idea because I loved it. I was writing that idea because I was trying to finish a book. And so like I ended up creating all of this resentment around writing, around my characters, around my stories simply because I felt all this pressure to get it finished to do it, to do it faster on top of like my life. Mm-hmm. And um, and it just resulted in all of this stagnation for both me as a writer and also for my book. And once I like figured out, uh, once I started to think about this and like really sit with, what do I want? What do I want out of this process? What do I want to be? What do, what do I want to teach my daughter about hustle culture? What do I want to how do I want to look at writing and be healthy? What do I want to tell my clients when they're feeling burnt out? Like when yeah. I started looking at all of that stuff, I, I I was like, wow, I all of this pressure to do something in X amount of time was creating far more problems than it was like actually solving. And when I fixed that and I fell like back in love with my story, um, you mentioned this earlier, the shame makes it harder to show up and it makes you slower. And yeah. once I let go of that, I like wrote faster. Yeah. I did. I wrote faster. I finished almost an entire draft from November to like middle of January. And that was 
completely crazy for me at the time, but it also felt so right. Like none of those months were filled with these, these expectations that I had to Mm -hmm. write all of that fast. I just felt really, really, really good about writing that, that amount of words. But you also, if I'm remembering, this was nano, right? Last year, Uh Um, you created a circumstance in which you were like, I'm feeling motivated. I want to finish my draft. It's coming from a place of desire. So I'm going to shape boundaries in my life to allow me to do that, which I think is a really important distinction. It's not like you just like woke up one day and were like, okay, now I found time to do it. Like you made the time to do it. Yes, I did. And I put those boundaries in place knowing, knowing two things. I wanted to... I wanted, this is not an, it's going to come out a little unhealthy, but I want to clarify. I wanted to push my limits, but not in a bad way. I wanted to see what is my healthy balance. Mm. And that needed me in this new mindset to see how much could I write without feeling burnt out. Yeah. And I found it. I did not write myself to burnout because I was very aware of getting close to that line or or knowing like, today I need to take a break. Like I still was very intentional about listening to my brain and my body. Yeah. But I was also trying to see, well, how fast can I write that feels good? Mm-hmm. So I did that during nano um, and I did not feel burnt out at all. I felt really, really great and really, really excited. Um, and I put, I like asked my husband for, help because I knew that I wanted to prioritize that. And I like made sure that Rose was in daycare and I made sure that I wrote when she was in daycare so that I wouldn't feel exhausted once she got home or feel all these pressures. So yes, I did. I put boundaries in place to make that happen because I was trying to find that balance for me. I was trying to find, I really enjoy writing fast. I enjoy that. I I think that's a natural state for me to type. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about, to type fast words. I am a fast typer. I like typing fast. But I also knew that I'm I'm not trying to get myself back to the place I was a year ago when I couldn't even get to the page at all because I was yeah. so tired. Yeah. Does that make sense? But it makes total sense. I mean, basically what you were doing was you were like, I want to see what my body wants to do yes. and what yeah. my limit is. And so you were very focused on like how you felt in the moment, which is very different from saying, I want to reach this word count goal by this date because then I will feel worthy. Yes. That was yes. not your driving motivation. No, it was motivation not. motivation was internal. And it was like, and I remember you didn't, you like got sick at the last week of nano and you didn't meet the nano goal. And you were like, whatever, I'm just yeah. still going to keep writing. I'm going to figure out when I, you know, where that limit is for me. And yeah. I think that's so different. That happens for me um, seasonally. So I'm mm-hmm. a very seasonal writer. I'm very mm-hmm. busy in the summer. Um, and usually I like write a lot in the fall and in the winter. And so by like spring, like once summer is coming along, I'm like very sort of brain dead, Yeah. but I brainstorm a lot in the spring, in the summer, I have a really hard time writing in the, by the time fall comes, I'm like, let's go. And I write a lot of words from like September to January. And then by January, I'm like, I have no words. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I have, and it's taken me years to figure that out because every June I'm like, what's wrong with me? I have Mm -hmm. no words left. I don't feel like writing. Am I ever going to like writing again? (laughs) Like I need to push myself. Like I have to get words done this summer. I didn't do as much as I wanted to last spring. And it's, it's happened like probably six times now, like six (laughs) Junes have passed of me going through this cycle that I know it's going to happen. 
and every year I've like still try to push myself a little bit. And then every year by like July 1st, I'm like, okay, we're just not going to write for two yeah, months. Right. It's fine. <laughs> but I think, right, that's my body being like, you need a break. You need to enjoy summer. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of camping. Like I'm outside. I'm doing other stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like the factory mindset is like, you have to produce every day of the year. And it's like, yes. no, you don't. You don't. Um, you're allowed to have seasons of the year, seasons of life, like different. Every book is different, right? Like yeah. you have to allow for that. And the only way to figure out what's going to work for you is to to turn um, internally. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> you know, I, I want to say this and I want to add this because this comes up a lot in our writing community. Um, and it it plays off this idea of of cyclical writing cycles. Mm-hmm. Your year follows a cycle, and it's the yeah. same cycle every day. And for people who menstruate, that mm-hmm. is a cycle that happens often, and yeah. that greatly can impact those people's ability to show up on the page. Mm-hmm. And I want to acknowledge that's okay. Like if yeah. you're if you're menstruating, if you're on your period and you're exhausted, take a break. You yeah. can. You're allowed to do that. Um, and this this comes up, it seems like, every month in our community of I'm feeling so tired and so difficult to approach the page right now. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And then like three days later, this person is like, oh, yeah, I started my period. <laughs> I started my period. Yeah. I, yeah I, like, it's like, yeah, it's the exhaustion. It's also the anxiety. Like, so for yeah. me, my menstruation cycle, always I have like a an anxiety trigger that happens about a week before. Mm-hmm. Um and it makes it so hard to show up to the page because I'm overthinking everything. My perfectionism yep. is like super high. And so, yeah, that's a cycle I've had to learn to be like, okay, when that happens, we're going to try to recognize it. Sometimes it's yep. really hard to recognize. <laughs> um, and then we're just not going to write for a few days. And then it passes. Yeah, 100%. Cycles. There are so cycles. many cycles. There's, there's ebbs and flow in our life in yeah. every piece of our life. And like you were saying – productivity mindset, hustle culture mindset is constant production. That is not healthy life. I think at that point you are, you're ignoring your body's natural signals and natural cycles of when you need, when you need to listen to it, adapt your process. hundred percent. So this is a, this is a good transition into, um, what I want to talk about, which is the, uh, this amazing book. It's so good. It's called (laughs) the art of slow writing. It's by um, Luis DeSalvo and it, I don't know what year it was published. Uh, That probably doesn't matter. Um, But I (laughs) discovered it a few years ago after I did, I did NaNoWriMo, which for folks who don't know is like a word count challenge in November um, to write 50,000 words. And and so I had done NaNoWriMo and I picked up this book like the first week of December and I was exhausted. And I was going to push through December and do like another 50K because that's who I was at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I picked up this book and immediately like after the first chapter, I was like, nope, we're taking December off because it just really, um, it just goes so deep into all of the values of writing slowly. And so what mm-hmm. I want to pose, the question I want to pose for folks who are asking this question of like, how do I write faster? I want to write faster. Is what if you wrote slower? mic drop boom (laughs) because there is so much value in slowing down um I don't know if anyone is familiar with the slow food movement I know Rachel wasn't when I brought it up (laughs) earlier but as an environmentalist it's like one of those things we talked about a lot in college um but it was this movement that went on I think it was in Italy um to slow like fast food was a thing people were eating fast producing fast right like we weren't valuing 
food anymore. And so this was a movement to slow down the production process, to slow down cooking process, to really enjoy the cooking process, to slow down the eating process of like enjoying food with people and like connecting over food the way that we have for generations. So it's this idea of slowing down the process of producing and eating food, but then also like digging into the values that come up when you do that of like, how can you value this thing more? How can you get deeper into what it means to like appreciate where you're eating? So she, um, she came up with this idea of slow writing sort of out of that. And, um, so one of my favorite quotes is from like the first chapter, I think. And she says that, um, slow writing, I thought could be one way to slow down time to articulate time, a way to, to slow down life. Like slow food, slow writing doesn't just take time, but makes time. Slow writing is a meditative act, slowing down to understand our relationship to our writing, slowing down to determine our authentic subjects, slowing down to write complex works, slowing down to study our literary antecedents. And I just, I love that so much because it's this idea of like, what if we really embrace the process mm -hmm. and like really sank into what we're trying to say and like allowed ourselves to slow down so we could get deeper into our work, to get deeper into what we're trying to say, um, to get deeper into our learning and how that learning is coming through our stories. And I just think it's so beautiful because I think the question of or like the desire to write really fast comes from this desire to output something as if mm -hmm. our worth the worth of our work it lies in how fast it comes out into the world mm -hmm. but like we all know that that's not true the worth of a work is so much deeper than that yeah like some of your favorite books you wouldn't care if they came out in three months or 10 years or yeah. 20 years right you would just care about your connection to it the depth in it and like how much of themselves the author put into the story, right? Mm -hmm. And I just think there's something so valuable in that and in the way that that allows us to connect our lives with our work mm -hmm. in such a powerful way that just gets thrown to the side when we try to write too fast, when we put our value on the... I mean, it's it's quality over quantity, right? If you think about it at its most basic, right. but like... I just want to emphasize the meaning of that because I think we it's easy to just say quality over quantity, you know, but yeah. without thinking about what that really means. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think this kind of goes back to what we were touching on earlier where we're not disparaging the people who put out a lot of books really fast, but we're we're critiquing the idea that that you need to draw your worth from how quickly you put those books out. And mm. I think I think that's different and I and I also as you read that quote, I just sit with all these thoughts of like, wow, as soon as I do slow down and as soon as I do let go of these expectations and I try to get to know my characters deeper and I do their backstory, which is so mm -hmm. easy to skip over. Mm -hmm. And I make sure that I like think about my message and my world building and I like take the time to do those things that are easy to skip and just draft. Yeah. When I do that, I feel like I write a better story and I also end up unlocking things that later would have created blockers. Yeah. So it it speeds it up really, but yeah. not not like in a way of you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying like you slow down in order to speed up, but I'm saying that when you take the time, I feel like yeah. you do get to know your story better. You create better you create a better work 
And you go deeper. I mean, I really do think that the slower you go, the deeper you can get. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, if that's not your goal for the story, that's fine. Um, But I do think that a lot of us are writing because we want to connect with folks and that regardless of what your body's pace is, whether you're a fast writer or a slow writer, right. Or a, However long it takes mm-hmm. you, I, I don't even want to label like you're fast. Yes, you're slow. exactly, exactly. Oh, I like crit, like visibly cringe when I said yes. that out loud. Just um, right. <laughs> but, um, but like, regardless of what your pace is, and regardless of what your pace is for this book at this stage in your life, at this season of the year, this week of the month, yeah, um, I still think it's worth asking. What if I slowed down a little bit? What if mm-hmm. I went a little deeper? What if I like looked at, I think one of the other things is like, there's so many parallels to like what we're going through in life and what we're putting in our stories. Yes. Yeah. And like delving into that, just, it makes you a better person. It allows you to connect with the world in a different way and your readers in a different way. And there's so much value in that. So I just want to say like, I think what I'm trying to say is slow can be a good thing. Like we can put really beautiful values on the process of going slower, regardless of how, whatever your pace is right now. Um, and that we can, right now we put all of the emphasis on fast equals good and slow equals bad. And I want to change that balance. Yeah. They're just that. neutral terms. Just neutral. Yep. And it, it, uh, when you hold that, that belief or when you change your mindset to get to this place of accepting your process and, and however long that takes you, your timeline, um, you look at your words differently. You look at yeah. your page differently. You look at each day writing differently. Um, and I think that's a, a good transition into this next question of let's say you have that healthy mindset or let's say that you're like, okay, yep, I feel all those things. I'm going to take my time. But mm-hmm. I also feel like I am writing a little slower than I than I usually do. Or I feel like this is a slow period in my life. What's going on? Like if you're if you're thinking those questions, why do I feel like I'm writing slow or why why am I writing slow? Can we explore that for a second? Yeah, for sure. And I also want to add if you're in a place like yeah. Rachel was last fall when she was like, I want to make room to explore what my speed actually is and like mm-hmm. take the shame away from it and like explore. I think this is another place to kind of to look. Um yeah. But yeah, I think it's it's not a question of how do you write faster. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um that that is like how do I become a machine? Yeah. I hate it. I hate that question. <laughs> so I think we that, reject it. <laughs> I reject it wholeheartedly. So the better question that I would like to pose is how can I address the things that are holding me back mm-hmm. from a healthy pace, right? that fits my process and brain. If you're feeling like you have more space and room and energy in your life and you want to um, explore ways that you can, you know, write at a quicker pace, you have to look at the things that are keeping you from doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. Because something is inevitably. Um, So each one of these things could be its own episode. We're going to run through them pretty quickly. Maybe we'll be. Yeah. Maybe they will Um, be in the future. But um, why don't you break the first one down for us? Yes. Okay. So the first one, so addressing the things that are holding you back. One of the, I see this all the time, procrastination. I constantly procrastinate my writing. And so therefore my writing is slow. What do I do? Um, I think procrastination is an avoidance Mm -hmm. tool. It is an avoidance response, I should say. Um, And you're usually avoiding some sort of fear. So if you have been, um, 
like like for example, a couple I've mentioned on the podcast a few times that I've been redoing my act two. And I definitely had like a week or so in there where I did nothing. And I I was not doing nothing to take a break. I was mm-hmm. doing nothing because I felt overwhelmed. I felt unsure of myself. I felt like if I didn't make the right choice in that moment, then it would make my timeline even longer to mm-hmm. finish my book. And so basically it just resulted in inaction, in, a, in procrastination. And I was avoiding those fears. I was avoiding addressing them. So if you're writing slow in quotes because you're procrastinating, you need to ask yourself, why am I procrastinating? What am yeah. I avoiding? What fear is coming up under the surface that I need to face head on and address? Um, and once I addressed that in myself where I was like, oh, I, I'm actually quite nervous. Is this the right act too? Did I make the right choices? Am I on the right track? And then I addressed, again, timeline. It, it constantly comes up. Am I going to finish this on time? Am I going to have mm-hmm. to redo act two again, put my timeline backwards once more? Um, I stopped and I was like, hey, that's, that's not what it's about. That's not why I'm doing that. I had to like reset myself. Yeah. And then literally that next day I was back at the page and I, every day since then I've done some form of writing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that actually is a really good segue into another one, which is shame. Are you shaming yourself? Um, Mm -hmm. and shame and procrastination, like we said earlier, can go super hand in hand that you are, um, you're shaming yourself. And so therefore you're procrastinating because, that's just how it works. Uh, you're, yeah. you're exhausting yourself. And so you don't show up. You don't want to show up because it's coming from a place of shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that, you know, what are you shaming? Um, again, turn inward. What are your shame voices telling you? What are they shaming you for? Um, and how can you rewrite that narrative um, and then let go of that shame and let go of those expectations, those external expectations, and really look inwards as to what you need, what your body needs, um, and all of that. Yeah. So our, our next one on the list, um, I want to tackle uh, distractions. So I am a distractible person uh, because <laughs> I have ADHD and I just found this out about myself in the last last summer. So it's it's relatively new to me, but I think once I understood that that was something that my brain uh, – how my brain works, it opened up so many doors for me and it, it was like a light bulb going off. Um, this happened to me last night or the night before. Um I felt like my brain was ping-ponging. This is a very common occurrence for my brain where I get a new idea and I have to go do it and my brain just ping-pongs back and forth from all these all these sorts of different things. So like maybe I need to check my bank account. Maybe I need mm-hmm. to write this post. Maybe I need to write for a little bit. Maybe I need to write an email. Maybe I need to do this client thing. And I end up like doing like three minutes on each of those things before I cycle <laughs> to the next thing. Uh, it's – I bet it would drive you crazy, Emily. I don't know <laughs> – it's how your brain works, girl. It's how my brain works. But honestly, like I didn't even realize that that was a thing that I did until I until yeah. I took that ADHD test. Um, I thought everybody did that. But anyway, distraction. We all think everybody does <laughs> everything that's going on in our head. Okay. I know. <laughs> Distractions is a very big thing for me um, because my brain is constantly looking for stimulation. So when I get bored, I do something different. Yeah. What I've had to do in my writing practice is to turn on um, – like in Scrivener, you can do like the non-distract mode where it like blacks out your screen except for the page. Mm-hmm. And you can set a timer so that it won't even let you like exit out of that. I also set like a um, a um, th- an app on my phone. I forget what 
what type of app it's called. I want to say it's a productivity app, but I hate that word. It's called Flora. And basically, it sets a timer on your phone and you can't – it starts to grow a flower. Mm. And if you exit out of the app, it kills your flower. (laughs) Poor flower. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I create like a little mini emotional connection with this flower that I'm growing. And if I exit out of my app to like go on Instagram, it kills it. So I have to focus. It's a focus app. So I use different different tools like that. But distractions can be a really big thing where it slows you down if you're Mm -hmm. not – if you're not paying attention or you're not aware of your brain's tendency yeah. to look for distractions. Or setting boundaries around, you know, making the time to yeah. write where you won't be distracted. Yeah. Yeah. So another one is perfectionism. This is big for me. So for my last work in progress, <laughs> um, I spent about a year. I really think it was a year just continually writing and rewriting act one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A whole year, you guys, Um, because I just felt like I couldn't move forward until Act One was absolutely perfect. Turns out that Act One is the last thing that I worked on. I just finished this manuscript like a couple weeks ago, and all I did in January was rewrite and rewrite and rewrite Act One again because now I knew what I needed to do with it and I needed to achieve that. Mm -hmm. But I had to do a. Finally, once I realized what I was doing with my act one cycle, I had to break that by allowing myself to write a very, very, very rough zero draft. And mm-hmm. I wrote it on, I actually bought a whole computer. <laughs> it's called a, uh, oh my gosh, what is it called? It's called a free write. A free write. Yeah. That only allows you to type. And it's like very hard to revise or go backwards. So you can only, basically only write forward. Yeah. And I wrote an entire zero draft without looking at any of the words. Um, and that was so powerful for, for me because it allowed me to just like break out of that cycle and let myself explore the story so that then I could figure out what I wanted to do. And I spent the next year writing the, the next draft. Um, and so perfectionism can totally slow you down. If you're yeah. in a cycle of revising and revising and revising, you're not letting yourself make mistakes. If you're not letting yourself move forward because until everything is perfect, you're never going to reach the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's an important one to examine and work through. And we'll do, I'm sure we'll do many episodes on yes. this. Yeah. Um, so let's <laughs> talk really fast about like some, some tools, some tricks, um, how you, how you might work through these things we've just talked about and free yourself up for more space, um, to get to that healthy pace that fits your process and brain. Um, I'll start one of the first ones I just mentioned were those focus apps. Yep. Um, that those focus apps really, really helped me and they really helped me get into flow state, which is where, um, it's like hyper-focus in Mm -hmm. ADHD brain and I can get a lot of work done that feels very, very good. Um, so any type of, of apps that can support, support that for you, I think are, are very good to try out and see if they help. Love it. Um, so one of my favorite things to do is, um, lean on other people. So I have, um, when I was finishing my last draft, there were certain scenes, I mean, everybody's experienced certain scenes that bring up procrastination resistance in you for various reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and so something I would do is I have a friend that I would text and be like, let's sprint. I need a 30 minute sprint. I just have to start. Um, and so, you know, he and I would jump on zoom, we'd do a 30 minute sprint. And at that point the gears would be going again. And I'd be through that that fear of whatever mm-hmm. I was fearing for the scene. Um, and so whether it's, I know you do a bunch of group sprints or mm-hmm. just sprints with individual friends. 
um, can be such a helpful tool for procrastination, for distractions, for yes. perfectionism, for breaking through all of those things to keep yourself moving forward. Yeah. So in our writing um, program, in our Tenacious Writing Program, which is our um, our writing community and our craft resource tool, um, Tenacious Writing, we do um, – monthly they're multiple times a month but we do group we call them write togethers where we do we hop on a zoom call we all write and we share what we're working on um and those are fantastic for me because sprinting with other people i always i feel like those help me excel so much and Mm -hmm. they also are the focus um so if you're you're looking for that and you want to try something out um join tenacious writing because we do these group write togethers all the time and they are so helpful um, and very encouraging to be yeah. alongside another writer. Absolutely. Um, this tip, so this next tip comes from The Art of Slow Writing, is something that Luis DeSalvo talks about. Um, she calls it a ship's log. But this is kind of a trick to, it's not a prod, it's not to make you write faster or help you show up to the page or whatever, but it's more to show you that you are most likely, almost definitely doing more than, I was almost said producing. That's not what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But you are almost definitely doing more than you think. Yeah. Um, and so what she suggests is to just like, I mean, real basic, keep a log, a little journal of what you did when you're journaling um, or when you show up, how you feel, what your plan is. Um, and then afterwards, how it went and how you mm-hmm. feel at the end. Um, And it's a really interesting way. I did it for about a month and a half when I first read this book. And it was so illuminating because I realized that I was doing a lot more than I thought Mm -hmm. um, because we, we don't have very good memory when we look backwards (laughs) on what we've accomplished. Um, But also it was a little record of kind of how my sessions were going and what was and wasn't working. And so I was able to kind of recognize when I was having a hard, hard time. Was it because of shame? Was it because of how I was talking about myself or how I showed up to the page or something else? Um, and so it's just an, a really interesting way to kind of look at your process and and look inward and just keep track of how much you, you have, you are doing, you're doing so yeah. much. Yeah. And she means track everything, whether you're putting words on the page or not. Yeah. I love that. Um, it, I'll, I'll do another plug for Tenacious Story Writing. We have a whole writing process, writing routine workshop. Um, it's basically a course within Mm -hmm. our program to help you develop a writing routine that works for you that is going to be sustainable and consistent. Um, And a part of that is doing a very similar activity of of tracking what it is that works for you and what it is that doesn't work for you so that you can build your routine around that and build your routine around how your brain works. Um, So if that's something that you've never done before, come do it with us. Um, I love this workshop. I love this course. Uh, and tenacious writing is a place to be for that. So this is another, it's very effective to open your eyes. Love it. Okay. Last, last little, last little nugget here. Um, I have found in my personal craft or in my personal practice that learning about writing craft, Mm. um, helped me be more effective with my writing time. Um, and write faster with an asterisk because once I <laughs> once I learned writing craft and once I felt like I was understanding it and being able to implement it on the page, I stopped second guessing myself. Yeah. Like I know that I'm going to have to revise the shit out of my drafts. Like that's just 
how this process works. Like I'm gonna have to revise it. That's how things how things mm-hmm. go. But I also know with the knowledge of writing craft that I have, I have so much confidence in myself and in my decisions and in like the the bones of my story that um, I don't spend time a lot of time. I just shared an example like five minutes ago yeah. of <laughs> as I did spend some time, but I don't spend a lot of time second guessing myself. I don't spend a lot of time anymore. Um, worried about yeah. am I doing this right oh no uh like partly. me for the year that I was rewriting yeah. and rewriting and rewriting my act one that's a very different c- circumstance than you realizing that you wanted to do something different with act two and kind of hemming and hawing about what for like a couple weeks yeah <laughs> that's <right>. totally different <laughs> Um, so if, if you're like, if that's what you do is every time you get to the page, you second guess yourself and you worry, am I making the right writing choices? Um, craft is a good place to learn, um, so that you can build that confidence. But what I'm getting towards is you need more confidence in yourself. So however you're going to build that, build that confidence because it will help you write faster. You will stop second guessing yourself and that saves you a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, this, this was, was – yeah, this is amazing. This is a um, good one. Is, thank you for asking these questions, folks. <laughs> yes. Um, so actually, speaking of questions, if you have a question that you would like us to address on the podcast, um, we're already getting emails, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, whatever writing-related thing, craft mindset community that you want us to tackle, um, please send us an email at info at goldenmayediting.com. Put podcast question in the subject line and ask away. Um, We plan to do listener question episodes um, and we will address it and give you some advice and coaching um, on those episodes. So send us your questions. Awesome. Okay. So if you want to build a successful, fulfilling, and sustainable writing life that works for you, you've got to get on our email list. Sign up now to get our free email course, The Magic of Character Arcs. After seven days of email magic, you'll have the power to keep your readers flipping pages all through the night. Link in the show notes. We'll see you there. Thanks, guys.